Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311Cast, episode 44. On this special edition of the 8311Cast, we are focusing on one thing. The thing most near and dear to your three hosts' hearts, which are Mike Ludwig, Kyle Mersch, and Wyatt Teeter, and that is Cyclone Football. Join us for this episode, where we only talk exclusively now about Cyclone Football. And, 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 you know, a few other things because, you know, we have some loose ends to tie up, like a three-way baseball discussion. Yeah, we should talk about that real quick before we get I, into I, Cyclone I, football! Yeah, yeah, we, got, we got two suggestions from listeners about how we uh, do the three-way baseball. So remember Kyle suggested last week you play those last three innings as T-ball, right? <laughs> so the suggestion from loyal listener Andy is you do play those last three innings as T-ball, but you play against all 18, 18 fielders from the other two teams. <laughs> you got to play T-ball against 18 fielders. So that's Dude, one nothing option. would happen. <laughs> nothing would cool happen. There'd be 18 fielders out there covering everything. That'd be fun. The game might as well just be over in six innings <laughs> at that point. Like, <laughs> So that, that goes off to the other discussion. Loyalist and Victor has suggested this. So instead of playing thirds of an inning... You play sixths of an inning. So in every inning, you 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 hit against both defenses and both pitching staffs, right, in each inning. And then you only play like five innings. You still get more at-bats than a normal game, right? Ten at-bats versus nine, right? So there's, there's another option for three-way baseball. There's another option. I feel like that'd take a long time, though. I mean, but in the end, it would take less time than... Right, three times I, nine, I guess, okay. six times five. Slightly I guess, yeah. If you shorten though, the if you shorten the amount of innings, I guess I was still thinking nine innings, even right. though no, no, you no. said you play, short. Play innings. four or five innings. Yeah. That that would be that. That's an improvement. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that. I like that almost better than this t ball idea. <laughs> <That'd be fun laughs> as comical as that is, that be, would be fun yeah. to watch. See how far major leaguers can hit a ball off a tee. We should. Uh, in the, the coming the coming months well I guess it's gonna get cold and once it gets uncold again you know springtime we should actually play a game of three-way baseball we should recruit some people and see if it's see test the feasibility of the idea I don't have 27 friends I guess I would only need 26 friends I don't we'll have 26 some. friends we'll find some okay just three of us here just add, add a couple others and then you're good to go we can All offer right. like free beer or something just a couple people yeah. will show up we'll make it work we'll that's make. right that's right. What else do we have to talk about before we talk about Cyclone football? Yeah, it's just, just a couple of the news notes of big things that happened. Uh, uh, this, I guess, most people might have missed, but Hakeem Butler was placed on IR by the Arizona Cardinals here this last week. So he will uh, not be making an appearance here, at least for the first six weeks of the season. Um, so there's one. He did, he did undergo surgery on his hand. So yeah. that is so. why, in case any of our loyal listeners missed that. Mm-hmm. Um, another note: um, the an absolute bombshell. Uh, I was going to go the other way first, but we'll we'll get to the bombshell in a second. I was going to say that the uh, the Royals owner has announced that he's oh, okay. thinking about selling the team. That's not a bombshell. Nobody cares yeah, about the Royals. Okay, so so David Glass is the current owner. Um, he was the former uh, chairman and CEO of Walmart. Um, and hey, I've been there. Yeah. Uh, probably almost everybody has, except for the states where Walmart is banned from having stores. 
Um, Wait, Walmart's banned from stores in certain states? There's in certain cities, I guess. Oh, there's okay. city ordinances who have who have banned Walmart from. Um, well, you, cities. I'm gonna interject before the bombshell and let oh. look up some of these cities. So you can I was so, say I'm, I'm, so I'm, David, I'm on it already. So David Glass is 83, um, and he's he's had a few health issues recently. Um, so him selling the team now is merely a uh, him just not having or wanting his family to go through negotiating the sale of the team when he is potentially gone um, at some point in the next couple of years. Uh, I, as morbid as that sounds, um, it's merely him just wanting to uh, give the t- or sell the team to somebody else who's more in a position to be a better owner than he is at this point. Um, so the deal is actually being negotiated with, uh, a current vice chairman of the Cleveland Indians who is considered by the chairman and CEO of the Indians, um, as a partner. Uh, his name is John Sherman and he's actually a native of Kansas city. Um, and according to ESPN, the sale is currently being negotiated for a little more than a billion dollars. Um, but David, if we pooled our money, we could do that. What do you two think? Probably, I, I think make it work. I could chip in make... like two dollars, maybe. I, I, that's fair. We only got another, another nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety eight dollars to go. Yeah, see, we're we're pretty close. So, just as a just uh, one other housekeeping thing, um, David Glass has owned the Royals since uh, for a, almost nineteen and a half years now. Um, he originally bought the team for ninety six million dollars. Uh, so his investment will. Um, potentially return anywhere between five to ten million in estimated uh, value. So, pretty good investment. Um, as the team is currently negotiating a monstrous uh, TV deal with Fox Sports Kansas City. Um, that news is soon to come to fruition here in the next couple of days. Monstrous for a small market team. So, it'll yeah. put them put them in the make them a little bit larger of a market with this um, TV deal. And now for the bombshell. This broke Saturday night as all of us were trying to enjoy the end of a great uh, first college football game of the year between Florida and Miami. Adam Schefter came out with the news that Andrew Locke, uh, Pro Bowl quarterback for the Colts, has decided to retire at the the age age of 29 in his prime. That's a bombshell. I mean, the Colts were Super Bowl contenders with Andrew Locke and... Now that not now Jacoby Brissett is their starting quarterback. Now they'll be lucky if they can even be in a position to win the division and I mean, even make the playoffs. I mean that division isn't terribly strong. I mean Tennessee's okay, Houston's okay. So I mean that division isn't great. I think they'll still do okay, just not nearly as good as they do with Andrew Locke. They have the weapons. They have a solid offense. They good. have rebuilt their offensive line. Their offensive line is a lot better. Um, they they have a good defense, especially in that um, linebacker who played phenomenally as a rookie last year. I forget his name. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. He led the league in tackles. I'm pretty sure. I don't um, know who you're talking about. He was but, he was really good. Yeah, but they've also still got T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack, best offensive line in football probably. So they're not out of it, but they are. Uh, Certainly shocked them two weeks before the season started. Uh, certainly shocked Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if any of you saw the video that was circulating on Twitter of the moment that uh, Luck told Brissett he was retiring. That reaction was pretty pretty funny. 
But, yeah, so that'll be interesting to watch. I wouldn't be surprised if in a year or two Andrew Luck decides to come back. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe he is done for real. Andrew Luck need- and Rob Gronkowski, two players to look at that are probably going to unretire at some point. I don't yeah. think Gronk's going to unretire. There's no way. Well, if they you, if they find their happiness again and their love for football, if they can rejuvenate that love, I don't see why they won't be back. It's it's not a love football thing for them. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a physical health thing for well, both yeah, of them. That, like, that. they both love the game of football. They just physically can't do it anymore. But Andrew Luck said all of his injuries were taking the joy out of it. True. So. And I'm sure Rob Gronkowski was going through that at some point when he was injured for three quarters of every season. Uh-huh. He left the door open in a in a press conference too. So for a, he left the door for a CBD sponsor. Yeah, that, that that's true, but that was that's beside the point. He left the door open. Yep. We'll see. But anyway, so, can we uh, go on to my favorite part of this episode? Yes, uh, which is that which is, is that, a cycle of football. Second football? Second is it football? football season? It is almost I, football season. It, it is. It must be football season because I switched the uh, fidget implement that I have in my hands while recording this podcast from a baseball or a baseball bat to a football. So it must finally be football season. If any of our listeners did not see the Iowa State football video that was put out on... Monday. When was that? Monday? Monday. Yeah. You, guys, you need to go Woo! and watch that. Yeah. If you're not ready to run through a brick wall and a minefield for this football team, then you're not a real fan. I was pumped. That video was insane. It gave me I, chills down my I, spine. I watched it. I made the mistake of watching it uh, at my desk at work, <laughs> and it was very hard not to uh, not to jump out of my de- jump out of my chair and start yelling. It was a very real temptation. I was so pumped. I'm ready. Yes, the Cyclone football season opener is this Saturday morning, 11 o'clock, Fox Sports 1, against the University of Northern Iowa Panthers. Um, the Cyclones are uh, at 18.5-point favorites for that game, and uh, ESPN uh, FPI gives them a 93.6% chance to win. So... Hopefully they'll get off to a good note winning that game. But here on the Cyclone Foot, this is a Cyclone Football season preview. So we'll talk more about than uh, just about this whole game. I want to know, Kyle, what is the position, Kyle and Wyatt? You can both, you can both. We'll let you contribute this segment, Wyatt. Oh, thanks. Yeah. What, what is the uh, position you're most looking forward to? Is will be most key to the Cyclones this year? One on offense, one on defense. What I do already, you got? I already got it. And Oh, defense? I'm not sure. Definitely did you say end. you said tight ends on offense? Oh, yeah. What tight ends? Oh, easily. I, I just in general tight ends. Iowa State never utilizes tight ends for the, the, I mean they're just blockers. I think we had a total of six six touchdowns scored from tight ends last season in total, so somewhere around there. Like we just don't utilize we, we grossly underutilize our tight ends. But now with with Tom Manning back, he's a guy who utilizes tight ends for offensive gain. So I'm really excited to see any of our tight ends, especially Allen, Chase Allen, come up. And, you know. Well, the good, the good news is, and, the good news is Cole, we have two really good tight ends. Charlie Cole has got hands. I played Charlie Kohler. He was even Charlie catch my better. bad throws. So. Charlie and, Kohler is better than Chase Allen, for I think sure. So. I think so. But they're I both guess I'm, I'm excited to see I'm, I'm excited to see Allen on Saturday, specifically because he's playing his brother. 
Yeah. His brother's also a tight end for you and I. So that's kind of why I'm pumped for that, I suppose. But yeah, yeah you're right. Cool. What about He's on defense, Ryan? What do you got? On I defense? don't know about defense. I got to think on that one. All right, Kyle, right. no for me. Easily the no-brainer on offense for me is running back. So right now on the pre on the uh, week one death chart, um, the Cyclones have yet to tip their cap on who is going to get the majority of the carries this season at all. Um, and in uh, the history of Matt Campbell's uh, coaching career, um, he he has a history except when David Montgomery has been his running back of using at least two running backs heavily throughout the course of a season. Um, this goes back to the days when Kareem Hunt was uh, running all over the field at Toledo um, for three years. He had two running backs with at least 900 rushing yards in a season um, with his RB one getting well over a thousand and RB two close behind and not far off from a thousand rushing yards. So it's going to be interesting to see who gets um, the ball in this backfield. So Iowa State had two highly touted four-star recruits coming in at running back, Brees Hall and Jareel Brock. Um, Brees Hall is from Wichita, Kansas, and for the time being, he has been reportedly the one that's um, impressed the most between he and Jareel Brock. Um, but for right now, it, se- it seems as like either Sheldon Crony or Johnny Lang are the two backs that are the most well-rounded. And in my opinion, the well-rounded backs are the ones who get the ball more often in Matt Campbell's play system. Um, And he, because he utilizes um, in his offensive scheme, running backs who have the ability of catching the ball out of the backfield. So I look to see, I will want to look to see um, who takes the helm at running back. Um, And Kine Nwangu is known for speed. Uh, He has mainly been a kick returner for the Cyclones so far. Um, So we'll see if he gets some touches out of the backfield as well. But that is my most anticipated uh, position on offense. And on defense, the most anticipated is our defensive line. Can can this defensive line live up to um, the expectations that are being put on it this year? With Tukon Bailey already has the sack uh, tied for the sack record for Iowa State history program history he'll break that he'll break that on saturday he'll break that on saturday um and ray lima is should have a great year at nose guard um and i'm just really excited to see what this defensive line can do this might be this is easily a top 10 defensive line in the country i believe and depending on how well they play um, they could potentially move their way up. And I could see this being the the star of potentially the um, best defense in the Big 12 this season. So I totally agree with that, but not excited. not just because not just because of Jaquan Bailey and Ray Lima, two all Big 12 players. They're great. But look at the depth that we have on D line too. Like our second string guys could easily be playing, you mm-hmm. know, starters in any other D1 school. Zach Peterson, uh, Matt Leo, Joshua, Joshua Bailey. Yep, Joshua Bailey. Juwan Bailey's brother. Jamal Johnson. I mean, they're all amazing. The D-line's going to be fantastic. I'm I'm pumped to see that. I totally agree with you there. D- impressive players, but also impressive depth. And with the, the rotation that uh, Matt Campbell's shown, you know, pulling players out, keeping everybody fresh, I think it's going to be really impressive to see some of those second-string guys come in, too. 
Yeah. This this My, defense won't be strong for just the first and the second quarter. This defense will be no, strong and no. fresh in the fourth quarter. So yep. Big Twelve, Big Twelve offenses, Big Twelve running games be put on notice. Yeah. My uh, my position to watch on the offense is the offensive line. This is an offensive line that's going to be starting five seniors. Everyone's back from last year. It's going to be the most veteran offensive line in the country. Um, in the past, they've had a running back who uh, didn't necessarily, and even Coach Campbell said this on Tuesday in his press <clears throat> conference, with David Montgomery, you didn't necessarily need an offensive line because he just didn't get tackled. But without David Montgomery, this offensive line is going to need to uh, create some holes for the running backs. So uh, it's gonna, we're going to have to see how this veteran offensive line is going to uh, going to hold up. Offensive line is the key prediction, uh, key position on offense. And for defense, for me, it's the cornerbacks. I feel like Iowa State has a lot of corners that are good, but I feel like they lack an elite cornerback uh, with uh, Brian Peavy's graduation. So um, I feel like lacking that depth at corner, it'll be interesting to see if the corners just need to hold up in coverage long enough that that defensive line can go to work in getting the corner or getting the quarterback. Can the corners hold up long enough to do that? Is my uh, is my question there on defense? So offensive line on offense and the cornerbacks on defense are going to be the key predictions. If those two units play well, the Cyclones are Cyclones are going to be a good team here this year. I think I think the thing that will really help is the defensive backfield, um, like the safety position the safety with with, uh, with Greg Eisworth yes. and Lawrence White roaming. Yes. Um, even even the depth there with Richard Bowens the third, um, he has shown lots of positives in camp. And Braxton Lewis played phenomenally last year. Um, he <laughs> was he was a um, he didn't have a scholarship and played his way into being a scholarship player this year. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to see that depth, I think, should be able to help our corners who are yeah. and, largely unproven. And you've also got linebackers who've proven that they could cover, too. Mike oh, yeah. Rose, mm-hmm. Marcel Spears have both proven that they can cover. So that should also help the corners. But it's going to be those matchups on the outside where you can't necessarily get safety and linebacker help that the, the corners are going to have to step up in. So I'll, overall, I like the position. of this. There's a reason this team is came in uh, rated number 21 in the uh, preseason poll. Yes, there's a reason. They're good. This is a good team. That's why they came in ranked that high. They and didn't just team, do it for any And a team to pick to, uh, that's picked to finish third in the Big 12. So mm-hmm. the, we'll get, and we we'll should. get to our predictions in a second there for yeah. what we think they'll finish. But yeah. yeah. So we've talked about offense, defense. What do we have on special teams? I mean, the, I guess the Cara biggest thing, Sally. Right. Kicker. Okay. He'll be a good kicker. But I guess the really big, you know what you're going to get out of him is that uh, this happened a few weeks ago, or more probably like two months ago now. Uh, the Iowa State punter, I don't remember what his name was, the Australian uh, kid. Dunn? Mm-hmm. Corey yeah, Dunn? Yeah, Dunn, Dunn. Uh, tore his Achilles. Yep. Uh, so he was out. We got a transfer in from uh, uh, San Jose State. He's taken over the punting duties. So that'll be the biggest question as far as the uh, Iowa State special teams are concerned, is the punting with the new punter. That, I feel like, has uh, been a, one of the biggest question marks early on in the season for a while for the Cyclones is our punting, how how sketchy our punting has been for the first couple of weeks of the season. 
Because yeah, I remember there's been multiple Sally times had a where really, we... Uh, not a Sally. Don had a really bad game against Iowa. Oh, last we, year. Were that yeah. our, we were shaking our heads was... at every single punt that he had. Yeah, But, I mean, he also had some really good stuff last but, year, too, I though. mean, he, he recovered, like, like, over the course yeah, of the year to yep. be definitely a top-half punter in the conference. But um, just in that Iowa game, he started out really slow. There were punts that he could he probably could have thrown the ball further in that game. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah, it was. It was. But if you bad. but if you throw at it, you know it's incomplete, and then yep. you know it's, it's easy. He didn't have a Turnover negative run down. He, he didn't have a negative punt in that game. So yeah. it'd be kind and of fun to see. He didn't J- blow blow a game like that Michigan punter against <laughs> yep. Michigan State. Yeah, he didn't do that either. So. Uh, it'd be fun to see what was the do you know do you know the new punter's name is i guess he's not new he played joe, joe, joe rivera riviera rivera that that's rivera. probably right uh if i recall we haven't seen but we he played against drake didn't he when we played drake when it was in that snowy game and that's all that we've seen out of him i don't know didn't iowa state play san jose state a couple years ago so maybe we saw him at san jose state uh, two years ago. Yeah. I don't know how old he Yeah, maybe yeah. we saw him play then too, punt against us. But. He might have. Otherwise, I can't recall seeing him, so that'll be fun. He's a, he's a redshirt junior, so mm-hmm. this will be interesting. Huh. Anything else cool on special teams that I'm forgetting? Mm, not really. We should, have, really. Good, we should right. have good special teams. Coach yeah. Campbell prides himself on not turning the ball over and having good special teams, so I'd expect that to uh, be the same this year. I think Tariq uh, Milton and Deshante Jones should um, handle the punt returning duties very well. Um, and then Kene Nwangu always has a chance to break one um, and go the distance with his speed. Um, and Johnny Lang is solid with the ball as so, well. So Something to watch in week one is I saw Nwangu's a little bit banged up. They're not sure if he'll be ready here for Saturday. So that'll be something to watch is who does the kick returning in case Nwangu can't. But he'll be the guy for the year just to, if he'll be able to play uh, – play this week or not is the question but that pretty much uh, is a good breakdown of the positions so i guess now we're looking at the uh the schedule is the next part of the season to break down so just as so the non-conference schedule all three home games this year we've got uh northern iowa coming up on saturday followed by um iowa's trip to ames on the 14th of september and then the Saturday after that, Louisiana Monroe comes to town. Um, obviously, they should beat Northern Iowa and Louisiana Monroe. If this team's as good as they say they are, those games shouldn't be close. They should be wins, and they shouldn't be close. So I don't think we'll spend too much time dwelling on them. But obviously, the big game in the non-conference slate mm-hmm. is Iowa. Mm-hmm. This is a huge game. Well, I, I mean, and we talked about this, I don't remember, two, three weeks ago or whatever. It's a huge game for the fans it's a huge game as far as the f- state of the program is concerned. As far as the standings goes, I mean, non-conference games don't matter, as we talked about. But this is huge for the state of the program. And this, I think it's huge for the morale of this team. Yeah. How many oh, years yeah. in a row have we lost to Iowa? Uh, and now four. it's been four in a row, and now it's three under Matt Campbell. Yeah, um, that overtime. So this is two years ago. this is Matt. This is Matt Campbell and his coaching staff's chance to prove that they are a team to be reckoned with in Iowa now. So yeah, it's if it's we, bragging rights. If if the, if the Cyclones beat Iowa, the, 
that then then I'll be even more pumped about this season than I already am. I'll believe in this team a hundred percent if they can beat Iowa. They still have something to prove until they can beat a good team. If they can beat Iowa at home, then then I'll be all in. Then this team I think will be legit Big Twelve title contenders mm-hmm. if they can beat Iowa. Even though this game won't actually matter in the Big Twelve standings, I think they'll I think they'll have shown me that they can be good enough to be a Big Twelve title contender if they can beat Iowa. Be a huge game, huge Cyhawk game in Ames. Probably the biggest Cyhawk game in at least ten years, right? Oh yeah. Oh Maybe. yeah, for sure. So with College of Game Day probably coming. Yeah, <laughs> College of Game Day might come. That would be so fun. <laughs> I I I would be up in Ames for College Game Day that day. I I oh, know yeah. much. I oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's gonna be amazing. Ready. I'm so excited for that game. Iowa State had a loyal fan there in the uh, Miami Florida Gators. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't get to watch it. He had a huge sign. He had a huge sign telling him on September 14th. Yes. Please do. That would be so much fun. So much fun. That would be a good time. How far did you go down to the schedule, Mike? Sorry, I wasn't really paying attention. uh, I only only got it through the non-conference. Okay. So my... My first gray area on whether this team um, can on if this team will prove themselves or not is if they make it through the conference th- or the non-conference three and zero. They have a test with a Baylor team who has um, had a pretty good turnaround under Matt Rule in Waco. Now the only thing is, um, in my opinion, this team will have been playing in front of about 65,000 fans for the first three games of the season. And then they're going to go to Baylor and play in front of about half or a little under half that size. Um, I think Baylor stadium is somewhere in the 30,000 mark uh, for fans. So it's definitely not going to be as loud and it's their first road test of the season. Um, And I think this is a Baylor team that is competitive um, and Iowa State only beat Baylor by, I think, seven points or so that on was, the road two was, years ago. That was the boxing match. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, that was last year. But then the year yeah. before oh, that, on oh, the road okay. in Waco, they only yeah. won by seven points yeah. um, with Zeb Nolan leading the team in that game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hakeem Butler had a really impressive uh, catch and run um, in that game as well two years ago. So. That uh, is that is where I think that the Cyclones could potentially fall for the first time this season. Baylor might be the fourth best team in this conference. I, so that's and definitely I believe a they test. Are. I it's, believe they are the fourth best team in this conference. I need to decide between Baylor and TCU who is better between the two of those teams. But right now, Gary Patterson, Patterson has no freaking idea who his quarterback is going to be to start the year. Um, and he was super rude to a press conference or to a media um, uh, analyst who said, I have a like I have a meeting tomorrow. Don't ask me this question. So yeah. they don't know who they're throwing out as quarterback. So but their defense will be good. Their defense is always good. When, when does TCU never have a good defense? Right. right. They're one of two two teams in the Big 12 who always has a good defense. Second being Iowa State, as we just talked about. So, yep, yep. but at I least agree. for the past three or four years, I agree that that Baylor game is a is a big, big early season is a tough first conference game. Especially I mean, since this, they go to a stadium this, with nobody in it. Right. This conference schedule is really back. Or is I guess I'd call it backloaded because you've got do. Oklahoma. 
So yep. after you, you got your first five games at Baylor, TCU at home, at West Virginia, at Texas Tech, and then you've got the tough party schedule. You've got Oklahoma State at home, and they should be good. They won't be great, but they'll be good. They'll be better and, than they were last year. Yeah. Then you've got at Oklahoma and Texas at home. So Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Texas in back-to-back-to-back weeks is going to be really, really tough. And, I mean, then it ends pretty easily with Kansas and K-State. But those three weeks are going to be brutal. So that Baylor is a – if they can get through that Baylor game, there's a there's a very good chance that they could be a top-10 team heading into Oklahoma. Ooh, baby. I said it. I know. Got it off and I was thinking right? it. If, if, if you they, beat, but if, if they you beat fall Iowa, to Baylor, if they fall to Baylor, they won't probably be top not. ten. Probably right. not because they won't be playing any other ranked teams until they get to exactly. Oklahoma, yep. unless it's Oklahoma State. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, but if you can beat Iowa and you can beat Baylor, there's a very legit chance that you could be looking at a top ten matchup in Norman, Oklahoma, on November 9th. I'm not saying that will happen. That would be an incredible run by the Cyclones. Don't count on that, but I'm just saying that's a possibility. It's not that far out there, though. Possibility. Yeah, that's not outlandish by any means. It's definitely not outlandish because TCU is. They've got question marks. West Virginia is a shell. Yep, it's a game at home. West Virginia is a shell of its former self. Not like the West Virginia game that we played last year. Yeah, you should Um, be able to win that game on even if it's even though it's on the road. Yep. And then the Texas Tech game on the road um, in Lubbock, I don't see much of an issue there. That could be a trap game if they're looking too far ahead to the tough schedule um, coming forward uh, for the Cyclones. But Texas Tech is a shell of what it, it once was. They still have talent, but who knows if they're proven with their new coach. So rolling into that, to that final half of the schedule – the Cyclones could be in very good shape. And by very good shape, I mean undefeated. That would be insane. This this podcast would just be like excited screams. Oh, yeah. The, the, the week before that Oklahoma game, if the Cyclones were undefeated, you wouldn't be able to make out anything we'd be, we'd be saying. We'd be so excited. If Cyclones potentially get two college game days in a year. <laughs> oh, with the Texas one afterwards? No, no, no. They won't be able to come back to Ames, oh, but yeah. they oh, would but they be would, able to get yep. go, go to go Norman. Norman. Unless they go Red River Rivalry. Yeah. But that's, at the, anyway. but that's in Dallas, so right. it wouldn't matter. Right, anyway. But yeah, wow, that'd be fun. That'd be that'd, crazy. That'd be crazy. Anyway, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves there. But anyway, so now we've, we've run down, uh, and then the last part of the schedule is that Texas game at home. And then Kansas at home and at K State uh, on the two ends of Thanksgiving, th- the Saturday before, Saturday after. I think the Texas the at game K is going to be State huge. Game. Oh yeah, sorry, Texas uh, game will be huge. But I mean, so its gravity is awful lot decided by how those teams do. It's a little too much to to look into that. If the Cyclones already have two losses, then that could be. If the Cyclones have two losses or less, that could be just like it was last year, basically for the Big Twelve. Who for playing in the Big 12 title game there. Or, you know, if the Cyclones or Longhorns falter, then maybe it's not as important. But that's looking to be a huge game. Kansas at home should be a blowout. Les Miles isn't going to turn that program around in one year. Though he might. I was looking at 
2020 recruiting classes, right? So the top uh-huh. recruiting classes in the Big 12 are, for 2020 are just what you'd expect, Texas and Oklahoma. But sitting number three is Kansas yeah. with the number three he's, recruiting class in the Big 12. He's got, he's got some good signings so and, far. And Iowa State is fourth as a note. So. Mm-hmm. But, so the first two are what you'd expect, but then you don't expect Kansas and Iowa State to be three and four in recruiting there. So that's something to keep an eye on in the but, long run. But KU has miles of way to go before they're they're back in contention for anything in the Big 12. Get it? Yeah, they're, they're not a threat. Th- I see what you did there. But yes, <laughs> they're not a threat this year. What were you saying at the game at K-State, Kyle? The, the game at K-State, um, I see that as being a potential game that depending on obviously how the rest of the schedule goes obviously if the cyclones are playing for big 12 title contention um to make it to the title game i think this changes this scenario but if for some reason the cyclones are sitting at third um on the outside looking in i believe that game in manhattan on november 30th is a game that could be very very challenging for this team i don't think k-state is going to be any anywhere near the top of the Big 12 this year. I think no. they're going to be either the eighth or the ninth seed in the division, depending on how KU and West Virginia end up playing this year. But don't get me wrong. I think Chris Kleinman, even though he was a really, really good FCS coach, I think he's going to be a very good FBS coach. And I believe that that could be a very interesting game as the final game of the season. Um, so don't, don't necessarily look at that as a guaranteed win. The, the Cyclones haven't always played their best football in Manhattan. Yeah, that's true. K-State seems to be our Achilles here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we've uh, we've gotten through most of the schedule, so now I want your record predictions. Why record prediction for the Cyclones regular season this year? Regular season. Yeah, so overall and conference. What do you got for the record? Oh, man. You you had to know I was going to ask this question. Yeah, wow. I did. But the more I think about it, I in my mind, I never thought Baylor was going to be a huge game until I started really thinking about it. Huge until as we actually the potential to lose it. Talked about it. it. Yeah. It's, one of, it's one of two games that uh, ESPN FPI does not favor us in, the other being at Oklahoma. Otherwise, FPI favors us in every other game this year. So I still want to go ten and two. Ten and two? Ten and with, two regular season. With and what? Baylor and and what, no, what record in conference? Eight and uh, eight and one? Or seven and two? It'd be seven and two. Seven and two in conference? Seven and two in conference. We would get we'd get all three of the non conferences. Two of those are a given. One of them is Yep. yep. So I'm not gonna be uh different. I'm ten and two, uh seven and two in conference. So same same two losses, you, Baylor and OU. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh. Oklahoma and K State. Oklahoma and K State. K State. Okay. Yeah. I th- in my opinion, is See, they're but, able to but, beat but, Baylor, but they're overlooking K State for the Big Twelve championship game. But this Matt Campbell is not going to let his team do that. If that if that game if that's a win and you go to the Big Twelve championship game. But Matt what if it's what if it's a if, okay, what if, if it's, we, if you we, don't have to win and get in? Okay, but okay, but if that's the case, right? Then then you've got to be thinking college football playoff, right? If you're if you're if you're ten and one going into Manhattan, you have to be thinking college football playoff. And if you're thinking right? college football playoff, what if you you're choke? not? 
you're not overlooking that's, that's, K-State. That would be I one of the most Iowa State things to do is to choke there. Mm-hmm. I, and you mentioned it yourself. Manhattan is our Achilles heel. Yeah. And I believe that I believe that if no matter what, if K-State has a bad year this year, they're gonna want to end the season on a good note. They're gonna give they're gonna give us one hell of a game. Yeah. So also, also that's my that opinion. Game, that game should be played for a giant pitchfork as a traveler. Yes. Yeah, Either a pitchfork or a tractor. Giant pitchfork would be you can't storm across the field and take a tractor. But I mean, you can't yeah, you storm can. across the field and take a giant pitchfork. You Even could if the tractor was a statue. Like a like a a, a giant pitchfork would be cooler. I, I still think a tractor would be better. We've had this discussion in the past. I, I, I still think it should be a so tractor. So it's two to one in favor of a tractor. <laughs> so give, give us give us your feedback, listeners. Traveling trophy for farm again. Tractor, giant pitchfork. Why Love to both? hear your feedback. Why don't we you just can't have, have both. two traveling trophies? That's no, right. it'd be the same trophy. It's just it's a tractor with a make it a combine, but with the pointy ends. <laughs> so instead of a tractor, you have a combine, but you still have the pointy ends of a pitchfork on the front. So you're fine. I'm, I'm still for a giant pitchfork. That's fair. I also kind of want to change my... The, the more I think about it, the more I don't think we're going to lose to Baylor, and then we'll end up going 11-1. and one, Wow. To be wow. quite honest. Bold prediction. Bold if prediction gonna, right If you're going to do it, wear the pants and actually make it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm gonna rescind my 10-2 and two and say 11-1, and one, losing wow. to OU. Wow. wow. Okay. Um, I guess I'm gonna be the pessimist on this parade then. I've got him at I've got him at nine and three. Okay. Uh, I've got him losing to and I've got him losing to Iowa, Oklahoma, uh, and Texas. Okay. I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna entertain the idea of losing to Iowa. We've lost them four years in a row. It's not gonna happen again. No way. No way. Iowa, Oklahoma, and Texas. Well, Iowa's been hanging all of their high school state championship banners in their practice facilities so that means they're just gonna win this year automatically right i don't know if uh that has any correlation no standing no standing in this argument i I don't think think that has much to do with it but anyway that's my prediction nine and three with uh seven and two in conference is my prediction nine and three and probably that would put us put us finishing third in the big Probably put us in a tie for second in the Big 12. And if those losses are to both Texas and Oklahoma, that would probably put us on the outside looking in of a Big 12 title game and put us in third. With, so potentially, potentially in a still a very, very good bowl game. Oh, yes. Um, that would... But probably on the outside looking in of, the, of a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, probably. In order to do that, we need to be top two in the conference. We'd need to go to the Big 12 championship game, yep. yes, to, to have yep. a new year's. Which is, it's very possible. We could it's do that, very, but, very I don't, possible. but I don't, I, think, I think that's the, I think that's the top of what this team can do. I think uh, an eight and four, nine and three season is more realistic. If we slow down the hype train just a little bit, the season mm-hmm. hasn't started yet. I think it, you, you. I don't want to say you'd be happy with eight and four, but if this team went eight and four, you'd, you'd have to be okay with it. Yeah, you for can't like, be mad it wouldn't about be a dis- that. It wouldn't be a disappointment if this team went from eight. From what four. we came from four, three, four years ago, you cannot quabble with an eight and four record, and that's no. an eight and four record that you'd be happy to have anybody in Ames, but like that's not an eight and four record. Fire your head coach record. That's 
you no. you're proud that you're doing Co- that in Ames, Iowa. Coach Campbell is not on the hot seat, no matter what happens this no. year. No. So. And people need to shut the hell up about him leaving Iowa State. He's go- he's going to Ohio State. No way. Ryan Day is going to oh my either God. get fired or go to the NFL, and Coach Campbell's going to Ohio State. He's not. There's no way. People have been saying that for the past two years. Oh, Matt Campbell's they, not going to leave. No, he's not. The athletic There's, director of Ohio State has Matt Campbell's name on his whiteboard right now. I'm sure he does, but he's not leaving. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Not for the next five years. It's not happening. I think I, I think he that. wants to prove something here in Ames. I, I, I agree. And he's going to. If he can build build up the team here in Ames and kick butt, he can do it anywhere. So why would he leave? Why would he leave? There's there's no gain for him in that. Except for more money, but I don't think he's one that he's just wants the more, the more money. He's in it. He's not in it for the money. If he is, he's really good at faking. Plus, did did all of did either of you read that Cyclone Fanatic um, article about the coaches' families? How they have like a special bond where all the families get together to support each other, like they're. They share babysitting duties. They all go to the games and hang out together in the press boxes. Their kids always hang out every single day. And from what Coach Campbell's wife um, said in the article, I don't see a reason why he's taking his family away from that anytime soon. And yeah. she's, Unless... been, she's been pretty open about loving living in Ames as well. And, so. and, and, and it says something about the culture when someone like Tom Manning willingly leaves the nfl after yep. one year it's like you know i'm just gonna leave the nfl and come back to iowa state that says something about a for a coach culture. for a coach you're the pinnacle of your career is making it to the nfl most uh-huh. likely uh-huh. um you don't just give that up after a season to go back he he missed what he had and his wife in that article said he came home from from work and missed what he had in ames Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think more than more than anything, Coach Campbell has said more than the contract extensions and all of that. Tom Manning coming back to Iowa State after a year in the NFL spoke more to me about this coaching staff than anything else. Mm-hmm. That that was really big for me. Now Iowa but, State just needs to keep Jamie Pollard as its athletic director. He's not, going, he's not going. He's not anywhere. going anywhere. I know, no, but athletic that, just need, that needs to be a priority. Like that. Athletic directors don't jump ship like that. Especially now also, when he has the gig that he has here. Also, Jamie, Poll- Jamie Pollard is going to be on the uh, NCAA basketball tournament uh, selection yep. committee. Yeah. Uh, he's not allowed to be yeah, to on Iowa State. Obviously. But anyway, yeah. So that's just a cool a cool honor for him. Wasn't he – he was on some selection committee last year, wasn't he? For something. I don't remember what it, it was, was now. It, it was last year when it was announced that he would be oh, on it for this okay, year. It was probably gotcha. what you were thinking of. Probably. But, it was yeah. It was about the same time that he was announced as the, the athletic director of the year by yeah. whatever column nominated him yeah. for that. So yeah. well, we're getting a bit off track here. Do you guys have anything else to add for cycling football? Boy, uh, just just get excited. Just enjoy the ride. It's been so long since I have I have never been excited. I've only been a cycling fan for four years since I went to Ames. That's full full disclosure. I have never been truly excited for a year of cyclone football because of the product on the field. 
I've been excited about it because, you know, it's cycle football. It's football season. Right, exactly. But never because of the product that's on the field in my four years here. And I am so pumped about the product they're putting on the field here. Just enjoy the ride. Be excited about how good this team is. And just enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Don't get carried away. Enjoy the moment. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. For sure. You have nothing to add. I'm just going to give that impassionate speech, and you're just going to say, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that I have to add to that is um, we shouldn't expect anything now that the team is actually getting national recognition. Um, This team's motto is prove it this year. Hashtag prove it. Hashtag prove it. So nothing nothing that they have or anybody's talking about right now um, should be taken for granted. Um, don't have any expectations. Um, the first time this team falters, don't, don't, don't jump. It's ship. like my plea: don't jump ship. This don't, team, don't, don't do, don't do what here. I did last year after a one and three start and said there was no way this team goes to a ball game. <laughs> this, this team, this team, I believe has it, um, and it's going to be exciting. Just, I can't wait to watch this defense work. I'm not yeah. sure the offense will be quite as explosive or as exciting as it was last year, but I think this defense is going to be a real fun thing to watch on the turf. Glass. Jack Choi Stadium has grass. grass. Do not Sorry. insult grass. Mid American Energy Field Boy, at Jack Choi Stadium by calling good it right turf. Now. Do Cyclone not insult that grass. Ready. That grass looks good. Best that is grass one of the best. The Don't yes. you forget it. It is. It is. It is best grass field in in the nation yeah it is it's actually like been ranked that that's just it, not it our biased yeah no that that's an actual you should look it up i totally so. agree with kyle if you believe in this team and you want them to prove it you got to prove it yourself as a fan that if they start to stumble and falter you can't jump ship be a fan not a dan in the stands yeah, don't be a dan don't be a dan stupid dan <laughs> and with that we're going to end this week's special episode, episode 44 of the 8311 cast, our special episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Signing off for the 8311 cast, we have your hosts, Kyle Mersh, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Theater. We'll catch you next week. Go Cyclones. Let's go Cyclones. Go Cyclones. Hashtag prove it. Prove it.